there. This is Ross. And PJ. And we are Words and Whiskey, a podcast for veteran and novice readers like we tackle fiction novels and love to talk about what we're drinking. You should think of us as your intoxicating weekly book club. Not not today. Today we're live. Today we're live. Today's today we're live. Dragon Steel. Woo! Um, yeah! <laughs> uh, we, we're very excited to be here. This is very, like, it's truly unprecedented. I think uh, PJ and I talked about this a little bit last night when we were practicing. Uh, not that we dry ran this or anything. We recorded a bonus episode about our trip woes on the way here. Um, but, it, like, it's truly ridiculous. I mean, to even meet people who've heard of the podcast at all, it's insane. Um, because we literally started doing this during COVID just as a fun thing with each other. and It was, was you ridiculous. bullying me into reading. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm just glad, I'm glad it worked out, you know, yeah, it's entirely. Great. This is so a ton cool. of fun. Um, yeah. So usually we would talk about what we're drinking, but we're here at a conference. So we're not drinking today. Yeah. Water. <laughs> um, yeah. So PJ, what was the most fun cocktail you had this weekend? We'll start with that. Um, most fun cocktail, Week. I think. It's not the weekend. <laughs> yeah, it's Tuesday. Right. Um, yesterday, I had a cocktail called Camera Shot, mm. which I really liked. Um, that was rum and champagne and like, I think passion fruit and coconut. Coconut. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that was my favorite. Yeah. What was yours? I think mine was the very interesting, like mezcal sour. Uh, the what what they call it? Some mm, basically what it was is it was tequila mezcal, uh, a little bit of ancho rayo pepper, so it, was, it had like a little bit of spice to it, and then lime. It was tasty. And it was at the same place that was at the Ivy, yep. which is right yep. across the street from here, at the Salt Palace in Utah. Yes. I can't believe we're here still. <laughs> um, cool. All right. Well, we have some stuff to talk about today. Is going to be a shorter than usual episode but before we go into that pj do you want to talk about the concept at all for people who might not know the show i mean yeah i bullied you into it but like (laughs) why did i bully you so essentially um crossland and i have always shared interest in whatever media we've been consuming video games or tv shows or movies or what have you and i was never much of a reader he was so he had all these stories that he wanted to share with me and uh, this was kind of the way to do it yeah one day we'll get to the dark tower um (laughs) but it's it's very interesting because we went on this trajectory and i was like i want pj to eventually read the dark tower but i don't feel like i'm good enough to do this and talk about that yet so we've kind of been doing other things until and like other interests books that i love so Mm -hmm. yeah you uh you get to be drugged through my taste yeah yeah exactly (laughs) So we, we treat it like a book club. We do 70 to 100 pages, depending on the book, yep. a week. And then break it down, have a couple cocktails. Sometimes too many. One of us <laughs> has too many. <laughs> uh, it's me. It's always me. <laughs> if you ever notice the end of the episodes that get really abbreviated, you know exactly <laughs> why. <laughs> um, which is, yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. All right. Well, we're here to talk about the Bands of Mourning um, and talk a little bit about uh, the Lost Metal and kind of theorizing into it. It's been released today. So one of the things, I mean, PJ hadn't even seen the cover until yesterday. No. PJ goes to me and we're sitting in the room and he's like, the cover was revealed. And I was like, three or four months ago. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I have been <laughs> very, very cautious about any sort of story spoilers, which is really difficult for this intertwining crisscrossy story that Brandon's weaved. Yeah. PJ is insane. It's very funny to me because PJ is so cautious about spoilers, but he's also in charge of making all of our social media memes. So (laughs) he has to be both aware of what the meme culture is without spoiling himself on anything. Yep. And somehow you didn't see the covers until now. No, I, yeah, nope. Um, But we're going to talk about bands of morning is kind of the wrap up and then theorize a little bit about lost metal. Um, But before we do that, PJ, let's just start with like overall thoughts and feelings on, bands I, <laughs> I i should be prepared for this <laughs> i've i really enjoyed bands um i i felt like it brought another dimension to uh several of the characters um specifically in the role of relationships um and and inter- interpersonal connections mm-hmm. um which was a little bit less fleshed out in the first two 
yeah. first three. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I think one of the things that we focused on, you know, kind of early in the first two books was the relationship between Wax and Steris. And this is really where that comes through more and more and more as you mm-hmm. get a lot more of the sort of meat behind them actually coming to love each other versus being something contractual. And before she didn't really get the page time that she should have gotten, I think. And I think that's a symptom of the style of book that these are. These were intended to be quick, witty Westerns. Yeah. Which I'm down. Yeah. Right. Right. (laughs) Um, But what I also appreciated and you, you and I disagree, I think to a certain extent on the combat. Of course we do. Styles. But I felt like we got more of the technical, like step-by-step combat in this book. Sure. Compared to the previous ones. I mean, it's guns. Like, what do you do beyond, like, bang, pow? Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we got, that's what kind of made me fall in love with Mistborn, which was, to your surprise, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, not real. I mean, like, it was just an extra level that made me appreciate how much you liked it, because that was the first thing that grabbed me was the magic systems or the complexities there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think that's what's really fun about this series, and I think it's emphasized more and more is the restriction of abilities and having only a pair to play with for the most part, if, if, you know, if you have any at all. Yep. Yeah. Cool. All right. Overall, you liked it though? Yeah, of course. I I don't think I would have agreed to come here and talk about it (laughs) in Brandon's house. (laughs) If I didn't like it. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Fair point. You know, that's, that's definitely, that's real. That's real. Um, so in wrapping this up a little bit and talking about this, there is each of these books so far has had like a very distinct tonal shift and kind of thing that it's going for. Right. If we look at Alloy of Law, it is like the classic Western. If we look at Shadows of Self, that's like a murder mystery investigation, almost Sherlock Holmesian detective novel. And then this one is like, I've said it so many times, but it's like an Indiana Jones adventure story. Uh, <laughs> A little bit. It, it, it is. It's it's uh, what wax and wane in the temple of boom. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, everything explodes all the time. Yeah, that's like wax's whole thing. That is wax's whole thing. Yeah. Um, but what what do, what do you make of these different tonal shifts and the choices to tell these different stories versus um, you know kind of it, it's like episode of the week, right? Uh, to a degree. I mean, six months apart. But what do you, what do you think about that? And then what do you think the lost metal is going to be? So. Um... You're, you're right on with the sort of episode of the week kind of differences, but there, there is the through line and I, I think that's well balanced. Um, it, it feels like it's in the same series realm. Um, so I, I think we'll get another sort of evolution here. I think that the lost metal will start off with a time jump like we did in um, hero of ages. Yeah. What? Right. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, and we'll see another advancement of technology, um, more integration of these weird artifacts that they've found, weird technologies. I still think it's a, an entirely separate magic system, but... That episode hasn't even came out yet, so no one knows your, <laughs> your entire diatribe about that metal. Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> uh, there are times that I know that you turn off your camera <laughs> when you make facial expressions yeah, because you can't hide your emotions about things that I say. Huh? And now I see them out of the corner of my eye and I don't know what to make of them because I'm not looking at it. <laughs> fun. It's, a, it's a fun game that I get to play. Um, right now it's dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll, I'll spoil you just the tiniest bit. There's a time skip. Wonderful. You got it. Okay. <laughs> it's a flashback. That's Fuck. a time skip. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right. So opposite. So we're not getting into. Well, I mean, who knows? You'll know when you open the book, maybe. Yeah. In two weeks. I think we're we're so getting planes. Planes. Ooh. Okay. We're getting refinement on those flying ships. All right. All right. So I wanted to take a minute and talk about Wax and Steris. Um, you know, this is obviously we we spoke about it a little bit earlier. But it's the fundamental relationship that is the core of this book and kind of it is the through line and the thread that pulls us from end to end, uh, from wedding to wedding, you know, inside of the story. Yeah. What do you think of it? I know that you weren't the biggest fan of Steris, and I had to argue with you many <laughs> times to just give it a minute. She, I didn't see the point of her for a lot of it. Sure. Um, I, I felt like she just didn't get enough time to be 
that important of a character and that like totally totally shifted um in this book and and became a very i i think good relationship um good good um, <laughs> you can words i i can words um i have this habit of making comments about things that are very common in books that i'm not aware of uh so i i, I like to tread lightly there um but i i felt like it they they became reliant on each other in a way that was mutually beneficial and made wax a better person um you look for codependency in your <laughs> I, we should <laughs> uh, um no i i to I a think, certain extent i mean yeah there's there's building together and alone right and mm-hmm. i think that's what they do so well um and complement each other and saris has kind of been that from the beginning in a big way where it's like you have the uh you, you have staris who is this fascinating character of whom has many different tendencies and sort of ticks and but they're all useful and in the end wax accepts them in the same way that she initially accepts uh the sort of the way that he is going to be a sheriff and a detective and like go through all those motions as a lawman, right? And the constable. So they, they share this overlapping. And I think for me, it's wax that was slow to the gun and like, didn't realize it. And that's ultimately because he was still hung up with Leslie, which makes sense because the last book, but you know, you should have seen it earlier. Sure. Probably. All right. (laughs) I don't know if I can let you off. You're right. I should have seen it earlier. But I didn't. I didn't, yeah. I didn't key into it as much. Yeah, it's it's one of the kind of difficult interest intricacies of doing this show is uh, recording these and then like wanting to say so much to you about something and like putting you directly to the fire so that you have that opinion and I can't um, and I get yelled at online sometimes <laughs> <laughs> for for not directing you in a direction. So uh, let me let me figure it out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's what we do. I, I take that abuse for you. Yep. This is our relationship. You see? I appreciate you. This is our codependency. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Um, so there's a, there's a lot about Marisy here, too. I mean, we can't not talk about Marisy. We're going to run through the characters and the way that they grow and change. Um, but Marisy and her self-actualization versus reality is a huge part of this novel, especially near the end. There's a lot that goes on here where it seems like she's still dancing around the sort of uh, flirtatious desire that she had towards wax. And she finally, at the end of the novel, kind of, again, as a through line, has she, she removes herself from that power fantasy when she has access to the Vans of Warning, right? She truly shifts uh, completely away from that. And it's like she comes to not only a realization of this like childlike desire to be like Vin that's driven by society, but she also gives up at the same time the sort of fantasy, even though she's like kind of convincing herself. You, you've led yeah, me on to this. I, yeah. I like, she, she is explicitly in her own head, yeah. not into wax anymore, mm-hmm. but she's just so constantly, like it, it consumes her right constantly. And, and she's, I think convincing herself throughout most of it that she doesn't want him anyway. Yeah. Um, but that, that truly does change. I think like you mentioned at that same moment where she realizes she doesn't want the power from the bands and that's not what she after. So I, I like that parallel. And it's also, this hasn't came out on the episode, but we didn't talk about it too much um, there. The, we also have the sort of opposite um, of Vin's arc in a big way where we, we kind of talked about the dress argument again, of which we've had so many times. Um, but bringing it up in the context of Marisy is a lot more interesting because she ultimately doesn't decide that she wants to fuse those sides of her personality and like merge them because she doesn't have them split to begin with. But she has sort of the opposite realization of Vin, that she doesn't need to seek that power. She's also not in the same world-threatening circumstances. We have to give a little bit of a break there. But it's not a superhero. Right. But <laughs> she, she does act like one for a second. That's true. Yeah. She gets to be Wonder Woman. Um, for just a minute. Well, she's fun. Shoots, right. shoots away. Sarah says something like, uh, not on my list of things to see today was my sister flying or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Something Taking that off. Effect. Yeah. Couldn't have prepared <laughs> her for that. It's 
It's a great little, great little moment in reveal. Um, okay, so one of our patrons had a really tough time uh, with the moments with Milan in the temple. And so I kind of wanted to talk about Milan specifically and her usage throughout the story. Uh, being that she is kind of this Swiss army knife, does Brandon even like the Chandra? Like, what do we... Yeah, he treats these immortals really poorly. And I, I don't know if it's entirely a dislike or apathy towards them, but there's just not resolution after they're kind of used for... They're, they're, they're very utilitarian, like, not utilitarian. Um, they're utilized. Mm-hmm. They, they are tools more often than not. Um, especially that sort of last trap scene with Milan. Um, and we just don't get to see any sort of recovery. We don't get to see any sort of um, well-wishing from wax. All right, she's broken and cool. Cool, yeah. <laughs> just will be okay. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I, yeah, I don't know what to make of that. Um, and there, there's so much that happens. So there's only so much that can make it to the page, but you would think there could be some empathy from, from the other characters watching her sacrifice herself, sacrifice her body. We know, we know it hurts. Right. I think, she's, I, I think wax has some empathy. I think it's a little, I think it would be a little undue to say that he doesn't have any empathy in the moment, but she's still utilitarian to this purpose. Right. And she also volunteers for it effectively. So there's, there's that combination. She says that she can shut off her nerves so that she doesn't feel pain and goes into it. But it is still, it's still an awful thing to witness and it takes her out of you know most of the combat before she gets injected and gets absolutely mm-hmm. turned into goo. Yep. Yeah. A little goo pile. Goo and parts uh, of glass. Yeah. Oh, God. Basically. Brutal. The, I, I imagine that image of like her basically laying down on her back and like a skeleton melting and just seeing like a green emerald skeleton looking up. I hadn't imagined that. Oh yeah. That's terrifying. Right. <laughs> it is. It is terrifying. <laughs> Can't believe that wasn't in your head. <laughs> I got to tell you more what I think of things, I guess. Yeah. We have a whole podcast to do that. <laughs> <laughs> do your job. Well, I'm trying. <laughs> um, but we also get other Chandra, right? We get a little bit of Vendel early on as mm-hmm. the sort of interesting messenger for harmony right what'd you what'd you think of vendel and his little i don't know get up song and dance uh i we we didn't get a ton of it you know yeah so i'm i forget (laughs) (laughs) that was only two weeks ago (laughs) (laughs) i I really like. I am blanking. Oh, okay. All right. I am so, totally blanking. Vendel, the, the dude with the projector, the crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah I mean, yeah. but the specifics about the character itself. I'm, okay. See, this is a question that I would cut. You see? Yeah. This this is cutting room floor. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know, one of the one of the interesting things looking at interesting. If I say interesting one more time, smack me with the water bottle. Hold me accountable. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, the implications of the band's mourning, not only on the access and the power of ferrochemy that can be utilized going into the future, but their ability to also store allomantic capabilities is one that we are blissfully unaware of. I just want, I want some speculation, not only into sort of the mutually assured destruction that seemed like the band's mourning are almost treated like a nuke at the end of this novel or like nuclear technology. Um, so what do, what do you make of that? And what do you also think of the science that goes along with science, the ferrochemical, yeah. you know, whatever that is? Well, th- this is part of the reason why I truly believe that what we're dealing with is another magic. Because, okay. because it feels like it goes along with the, the same sort of external interactions that hemolurgy does, but in sort of an inverse way. Sure. Um, so, I don't. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just it, waiting for more. What, what's odd to me is the fact that they haven't been obliterated by harmony. Like if, if they were truly a a relic of like destruction, and he didn't want that to come back to the planet, 
why was that not taking you? I, I am trying to figure out exactly how much influence he could have had yeah. when, he, when he wielded the power sure. and was like reforming the world. Um, but everything around this new race of people and this new technology mm-hmm. feels like maybe it was out of Harmony's control in general. I always like to think of them as a control group. Like, <laughs> they, they ultimately were like, okay, let's see if they can survive and they'll sufficiently advance themselves. And then you've mm-hmm. got the people who were given everything and then didn't make a lot of those technological advancements. Right. Uh, but I, I definitely understand kind of the, the distinction there. Uh, this is really fun, finally, kind of, because you still haven't finished Secret History, but we're at the same page for once, which almost never right. happens um, outside of stormlight stuff that I can wield over you and red or, rising. We're at, we're at the same point. That's what I'm saying. Oh, I was saying we're not at the same point. In the others, it's fine. Okay. Um, but, uh, so we're at the same point. So like my theory with this is to some degree, I mean, I understand your technological fascination with the idea that this is a new magic system. I think I go back. I think it's Asimov. Uh, this is going to be a really bad paraphrase, but sufficiently advanced magic is technology or technology is sufficiently advanced magic. Um, and so I think that it's tough to define it as a magic system to me because when you start applying things to it and like working out other ways to use it, I like to think of it as a periodic table of elements, but then you've got three of them. Yeah, I guess that's, it's more semantics than anything talking about it as a magic system when on their planet, it is just kind of innate. Yeah. It's the reality. Yeah. Um, I, I almost want to call language a part of the magic system too now mm. understanding that it's in, intrinsically related to location sure. um and there, there's so much more complication and so much less um almost free will that goes along with that mm-hmm. less a, a lower tier of sentience sure. I, I guess that that can be a, um extrapolated from that knowledge um but we get a very brief yeah, uh, it's very description brief. of I mean, how the language works. We're, uh, we're, running, we're running on very little <laughs> <laughs> as far as a lot of this book goes in the magic systems. But contained. I like rules. <laughs> right. So that's where, that's where I just want to run with it. Right, right, right. You can define it. It's better. So I totally get that. Um, all right. Uh, do you think, just to recircle on the Bands of Morning one final time here, uh, do you think that there's something like an unkeyed metal mind powering the Alimantic side? Uh, even though you can't like put your ability into it, how do you think that functions? Uh, <laughs> you had this question ahead of time. <laughs> I know, and I still don't know. Um, there, there was a comment somewhere talking about how it can, it can affect you even if you're not touching it, like just proximity to it. Um, so I, I would think that it's some aura that keys into identity sure. in some way externally, um, whatever that is, <laughs> whatever metal that is. Okay. We've talked a little bit about, uh, God metals, right? So there, we've got a couple of them. We've got ATM. We assume that this red spike is trail related. Um, and then we've obviously got the little nugget that you're obsessed about. Uh, so there's that. I love the nugget. Very clearly that grants Alamancy <laughs> to everyone. Uh, yeah, right. Um, PJ just read that part. So he's just aware that that's the name now. Um, but yes, Lerassium. Um, I won't stop calling it the Nuggies. The Nuggies? Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, what, do you, what do you make of Etmetal? Like thinking about Etmetal and this sort of new, I mean, Harmonium, which, whatever you want to call it, Harmonies Metal. And kind of the god metals at large, as you understand them so far. So that that's the one that allows for flight, right? That's the, what what allows for like power. Power, yeah, arguably. Um, well, I have a theory. Okay, and it it goes back to kind of an inside joke. <laughs> um, so there there are a couple metals on our planet that explode when they touch water. Yes, one of them is potassium. <laughs> yeah. Potassium is in bananas. 
Okay, so you're going back to the, uh, you know, can we pull bananas or not? Yeah, the, yeah okay, all right, got it. Uh, cool, cool, cool. Which, you know, no, probably not. But um, if it reacts the same. So I, I, I think the, the other one's sodium, which maybe there's a series of salts that do something similar. Sure. <laughs> but it's from a god. I'm, like I'm that's, going that's my nothing, thing, man. Yeah. All right. Well, fair enough. Um, but it seems like something that acts externally, almost like a battery. Sure. Yeah. Blood's been wet. Sounds like a gremlin to me. But It'll be a gremlin. Don't feed it after midnight. <laughs> It'll multiply, or maybe do feed it, and then you get more cubes. Yeah, you know, it just makes sense to me. <laughs> um, cool. So the darkness of these men, I love the moment of reflection that's near the end um, when Mary sees Wax and Wayne kind of fighting around the scene, right? And they're, they're kind of jumping around and taking care of everything uh, on the ground as the, the book kind of ends. It's one of my favorite scenes in the novel. Uh, did you have a favorite scene and what did you make of that one? I, so what I thought of that one, I, I thought that was a great wrap up on... Marisy's arc as far as her going from idolizing these men as heroes and as nothing but good forces to intrinsically dark yeah um but still working towards something good um and and that scene specifically made me think that that could have been the rap for the series mm. and is what kind of made me think that it made sense to have a time jump because then you can kind of have, have significant wrap up with a lot of the stories and then still explore those that need time to develop, allow them to develop off off page, like with these Southerners. Sure. Um, and, and sort of the, the integration of their technology and their culture into the rest of the world. Sure. Um, or the part of the world that we're familiar with. Um, so I, 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 that's what I got out of that sure. little section. Um, I do. I, I am sucker for the fight scenes. <laughs> <laughs> I really am. Um, the second to last one, I think. I'm trying to think of specifically what happens, but I, I just remember that one stuck out to me. Um, the one before they pick up the bands. Sure. Wait, before who picks up the bands? Before Wax picks up the bands? Or before? Before Marisy even does. While they're, while they're on their way. While they're on their way in the temple? This yeah. would also get cut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah I, I know what you're talking about. Um, it, it's, it's very jump back and forth and... Get the get the play by play. Sure, like how that was written. You really? Uh, I thought you'd go for the train scene. Train scene's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, but it seemed like the one that you were the most excited about when we were talking about it. I thought that was in the previous book. No, <laughs> <laughs> this book does have that interesting tonal shift in the middle, though. It does kind of feel like two different, but like not like two fully different books, but like two fully different scenes when you leave uh, Ellendell. I wanted to call it Luthadel again. <laughs> um, but yeah, when you leave Allendale, it does feel like the tone completely shifts as you go into the roughs. So mm-hmm. I kind of like that moment. Yeah. And that's when it really feels that Indiana Jones moment. Um, yeah. I, man, I was a sucker for young Indiana Jones. Absolutely. <laughs> growing up. So I think this, you and I both watched that. Yeah. yeah. You didn't remember its name. Adventures. That's okay. Um, <laughs> So I don't have a good memory <laughs> that also doesn't help the podcast sometimes, <laughs> which is fun. Uh, no, absolutely. So we, uh, Oh God, thinking back to the Marisi scene, I did want to say, I, I think that it's also a really interesting thing to consider with her. Interesting. Yeah. I needed that. I, you should have hit me with it. It's okay. It's open. Oh yeah. <laughs> don't want to spill all over everything. That's fair. Some people have to come in after us. Um, uh, the the moment in which she's staring up, I have this like scratch at the back of my mind. If holding the bands of mourning 
affected her, not only in the way that like it did for her to realize that she doesn't desire the power, but also in some sort of closer to godliness thing where she perceives these people as they are, because it does feel like there's also an internal monologue shift in a big way there. And maybe that's just a pure moment of realization, or maybe there's something else going on there. Did you have any thoughts? Head empty. I, I like that idea. Um, does it reinforce the stories of that, that she's been told about Vin, that she was more than just a normal person? Does it reinforce the stories? Because she, she's always had that perspective of Vin, that, of what was passed down of her, her power and her, her I think, I think you're right. I think it probably nature. fights against it a little bit and is like, we're just people wielding these powers, right? Right. It probably speaks against the sort of myth of the Ascendant Warrior in a way. I was, I was saying it humanizes that it. <laughs> I'm going the other way. Oh, I'm, I'm well, saying that um, bummer. <laughs> she's, she's holding this power that's yeah. so out of control and realizing that that's what Vin felt all the time. Sure. Um, before, I mean, after sure. she realizes that she's misborn. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to make of that. I wish we could have had more reflection on that comparison okay. from Marisy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wish I had a lot more of a lot of things. <laughs> There's just, it's so dense at the end. Yeah. I mean, that is, that is the nature of a good Sanderlanch. That a uh, little bit of density right at the end yep. gets you through everything and make you question everything yep. all at once. <laughs> Um, okay, cool. So before we kind of wrap some thoughts on the book on the whole, there's this sort of Marvel sequence almost of scenes that we have, like Marvel stinger credits at the end, right? <laughs> We've got three of them. Um, we tried to talk about these in the last episode to try to make it in, but we were severely time crunched because you had to make your flight. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we didn't get to finish that episode the way that we wanted to. I figured we could bring those back now and talk about them okay. a little bit since we didn't give them the proper weight. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time. So the first one is uh, Marisy piecing together the war that's coming in the outer reaches, uh, talking about Bilming, and I forget the name of the other city, um, but that there seems to be war brewing, that there are that weapons are beginning to be distributed, it appears, and there's obvious rebellion going on because of the set and likely the influence of Trell. Um, thinking about Lost Metal and thinking about this moment, what do you see for the future here? So I, I think what's the most uh, dire about that is we are seeing such a rapid evolution of technology. So we, like, even the people preparing for war have no idea what they're preparing against. If they're right. in, in our eyes, a century behind would be devastating. It'd be yeah. impossible. Um, and we, we have sort of implications from, harmony that there are these more advanced technologies on the planet so they're not all equal sure. and it's going it, it, it has the potential to be very lopsided as well. okay yeah i mean especially if you consider the fact that i mean it's maybe not going to happen to quite the degree that it could happen it depends on how long that time skip could be but if you had weaponized wilg-esque blimps that would be a complete game changer. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what do you see Marisy's role being in the next book? Um, I think um, maybe maybe another rise in the ranks of the, the constable force, but I could see her shifting into a military position. Okay. Shifting into a sort of a commander position. I think she would do a good job there. Sure. Yeah. That field research kind of thing playing its role finally in statistics yeah. and kind of working that out, not as a, a method to quote at people to say that they should be doing that things that way, but instead acting upon the yeah. things to make change. Yeah. Okay. I see that. I can, I can get behind that. I came to this brutal realization that we totally skipped Wayne in everything that we talked about so far. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're going to just All right. skip back just a little bit here. Um, Wayne has a really interesting place inside of the story. That's, ah, damn it. 
Um, a really interesting place inside of the story that is really... It's, it's difficult to parse because he almost goes from cartoonish to extremely solemn in a couple of pages, which is kind of his game, which makes sense. Um, but what do you make of Wayne's arc? And we specifically kind of mentioned a little bit about his dependencies, potentially on alcohol to bury things even. Um, what do you think about that in the end? Do you still kind of have those same feelings? We didn't, about Wayne. we didn't see a whole lot of substance use or abuse towards the end, did we? Sure. No, I, I don't think so. I no. don't think we did. Um, but we, we do get Milan yep. and their relationship blossoming. Um, we, we also get his uh, motivations changing. He, he's not even thinking about the daughter of the man that he murdered anymore. At the end of this, he's thinking about the daughter of the inventor. Yeah. Right. Right. Because it feels like it. Agree. It feels like it's almost something that he can make up for with the other, the daughter that was wronged. It's it's like he can put positive in the world because she wasn't receiving that message necessarily, even though he, he still feels the need to help her. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I wonder if you can point to something that happened in Alloy of Law when he was talking about the accents and how mm-hmm. he's not. He's steal- he, he says that he's stealing them. Right. And to a certain extent, he's stealing a part of their identity. How dare you bring up that word in this conversation? And he, it, when, when confronted by that person, it was mentioned that who he was in. He, he's almost taking responsibility for the death of her father because yeah. he was impersonating that is kind it. of a Wayne-esque trade. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So, and that brings it even more into language and identity and can, <laughs> Okay, for, for the people at home, because I think we haven't talked about this on air, can you get, go into that theory, wild, harebrained theme of yours? I don't know if anybody else is able to copy. Like, I, 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 I feel like there could be a unique ability that Wayne has to steal these accents um, because it's so tied to identity. I don't, I, I don't, he's not just a good impersonator necessarily. Yeah. He takes on personalities and it's, there's no, there's no sort of implications otherwise, but it almost seems like they, he's, just straight up stealing the personality as opposed yeah. to making it up. Okay. All right. That's what, that's where my head's at right now. <laughs> Sounds good. Super reasonable. Um, yeah. yeah. That's fair. And that, yes, <laughs> that's fair. And that backs up the idea that wax also changes his accent between the rough's accent and the Ellendale accent. Talking about investment in the spiritual realm, just so that that's caught on air. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think that that's definitely something um, to be to be exposed more. I think when PJ has a little bit more exposure <laughs> with true. secret history, so we'll see. Right. Um, but I, I totally agree. Yeah, definitely plays a big part in the uh, in the whole conversation here. Um, okay, so I think that's good for Wayne. We've got two more of those, and then we'll kind of open up for any questions that you guys might want us to tackle and talk about. Um, and then that'll be the episode. So yeah, sounds good. Uh, Cool. So, Suit claims that he has a couple of faceless immortals of his own and that the set does enlarge this whole card-themed uh, group of gangsters and whatnot, and mm-hmm. backroom players. Uh, what do you make of the final scene that we get here with him where effectively one of those comes in and explodes? Well, I don't think they're Chandra. Well, yeah. So, uh, it's assuming it's a different faceless immortal species altogether. Sure. Um, initially I thought it was a co-op. Yeah. Because they described the red eyes walking in and that's pretty quickly dispelled, I think. Yeah. Um, but. <laughs> what do you mean? I, I have no idea, man. <laughs> like, there, there's, there's just so much more out there than what we had initially thought or been it, it, it than what we had initially been exposed to 
including new races of people. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot of like different notes of the red and Trell and kind of the connection therein, mm-hmm. right? Like the Trell spike that he's unaware, that Harvey's unaware of. And then the red sort of depiction that he gives of like, he's keeping something out. And the red haze. Yeah. Yeah. So that makes sense yeah. that there's sort of the parallel hemallergical or, or otherwise imbued species. Okay. Final thing to talk about in our little Marvel-esque wrap-up that happens right at the end of this epilogue. Wax taps that coin that good old Hoyd gave him. Uh, What do we see this perspective of a traveler walking among the cold of a distant land? Uh, What do you think? What do you make of that? What do you think it is? Who do you think it is? Why Hoyd? Um, Traveler, distant land, cold, right? Yeah, cold. I think this becomes a time travel story of going back and stopping Olendi's journey to begin with. What? <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> something else. Can we, can we get, can we get something else? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there, there is the whole spike in the eye thing, you know, nah, 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 nah. You've no, no theories head empty. Um, well, there's sort of the Kelsier aspect of it, but is this far off land on Scadrial? Okay. Or is it a different planet? It feels like it's the Southern Scadrians. I feel like it's pretty, pretty indicative. There are some signs that are inside of that scene. I don't trust signs that well. You are the most <laughs> skeptical person that I know, <laughs> which was, I thought a boon to doing a show like this. Um, and it turns out to have been a trap the whole time. <laughs> So, um, I think Kelsier in the South rallying these other people. Yeah. Furthering his influence as, as a demigod. <laughs> and <laughs> that's a false it. God. Yeah. But why, why would he do that? Great question. Uh, well, he seems to want to stick his fingers in every pie that he can. Uh, and <laughs> be influential. So maybe to try to stop whatever war might be brewing. Okay. Or win it. Win the war. Kelsier taking over the land as some sort of new Lord Ruler. <laughs> how, how is Kelsier here, for the record? There's that entire side of things as that's well. A, that's a... His bones have always been around. Oh, so you think it's a conjurer maybe? It could be. Do you have hair? I guess, we, do, we, do we know if he has hair? I think they described the hair. They... Oh, yeah, it is, just, it is just the arms. You're right, you're right. It could be a Chondra. Probably not, though. Chondra can't tap metal mines, so far as we're aware. So far as we're aware. <laughs> no! <laughs> <laughs> you took the wrong thing from that. Dang it. All right. Well, I, I think that's, I mean, do you have any other theories or thoughts that you want to dump about Lost Metal before we start asking for any questions or anything? Well, I was, I was really hoping we'd get a cover with Wayne holding a gun. Again? Again. Yeah. Because of that last shotgun scene. Um, he's not. Ah, brutal. Too bad for you. Too bad. Too bad. That's it. That's. I mean, there. Look, ju- I, I just got the book. Looking at the cover. Uh, you have only had a day with this. There's not enough detail in the, <laughs> in the background to know if it's like a new era of anything or new technology. It looks intricate. It looks like a well-made palace. Is that, that Wax's home? I don't think so. Huh? I don't. I don't think that's it. I don't want to tell you no, but I think I have to tell you no. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I think that's where I'm at right now. All right. Cool. Well, sweet. Well, thank you for coming to this. Yeah, um, thank I you. want to open it up. Do you guys want us to talk about anything? Any questions that you might have? Sweet. I'm going to go across the room that way, right to left, if that makes sense. Fire away. What's your name? Joseph. Great to meet you. So, disclosure, I have read the first three 
sections of it so far. So I've gotten up to the point where Kelsier interacts with spoilers. Yeah, spoilers. Um, interacts with uh, the two Chris and Naj. Those are their yeah. names. I'm also really bad with names. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I've read up till that point. Um, so it seems like Kelsier is in the background making a lot of influential things. Um, it, it sounds like he is able to interact with um, preservation who's inter- able to interact with the physical world. So maybe them is kind of teaming up and <laughs> kidnapping preservation and <laughs> making him do things. Uh, <laughs> that sounds like a Kelsier move. <laughs> it does. <laughs> yes, I'm just going to kidnap a god after I slapped him. Yep. <laughs> if anyone's able to do that, <laughs> all right, be him. Um. Yeah. What was your name? Dima. Dima. Exactly. Yeah, I think that yields a very uh, fun place to start from, from a storytelling perspective, because we do have like this sort of generational Western for a while. And then if we take a big time jump, we then get to start to approach some really interesting questions. That also makes me scratch my head and go, it feels like you don't want to end this era. You know, and it, like because we're sticking in something like this, Maybe it is the big dramatic ending to go to a war and see that resolution and then, you know, jump forward in time for the third era to the industrial revolution, I think, right? Or the sort of modern spy age, right? The 60s. Yeah, we're in the industrial revolution. Never mind. Um, and see that big changeover. So I'm really excited for that. Uh, but I, part of me doesn't want to leave. Part of me really doesn't want to leave. As mentioned off air, I'm a huge fan of the Dark Tower and there's a lot of fun little references um, inside of this book. And it just, it reminds me of some of my favorite stuff. So something I was really (laughs) uh, curious about from the welcome ceremony, I think, or the, the, the podcast that they did downstairs. Intentionally blank. Intentionally blank. Um, You mentioned fighter pilots and I now know that's from a different book series. (laughs) But I was really spiraling a little bit <laughs> about what might be going on. Um, but right. yeah, yeah. I, now I know that. Uh, you I should have seen him. He, he just started sweating. <laughs> <laughs> he just like fighter pilots. <laughs> what could this be? So I have, yeah, I've been doing my best to try to avoid any sort of um, external knowledge on these, on these stories, but it's been so difficult. <laughs> PJ also isn't on social media, so that That's, doesn't. I, yeah, that <laughs> kind of. You kind of use Reddit. Yeah. You kind of use Instagram once a month. <laughs> I give you the things to yes, post right, for us. Right, I'm in charge. <laughs> Look at just, me. I'm the captain now. All right. Like I, we, we made a meme with Kelsier, and I had to have you search for the photos to use. And that, send them to me. That's truly so the way that it goes. PJ can't touch fan art. That's a rule. I have to send him anything and everything. Uh, <laughs> that's been a rule since PJ accidentally looked something up in Red Rising and spoiled himself yep. on a very small detail. Yeah. Uh, but it was enough for him to go, oh, that person lives, <laughs> which was a problem. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah, I, I pretty much source all of that and take care of all of that. Um, cool. You had a question? Yeah. What's your name? Chrissy? 
Ooh, okay, so I don't think he could have because of reasons that I can't quite say because he isn't there yet. Um, but I, I think that he couldn't have because there's a half measure there that is very clear by the end of that section, if that makes sense. Um, by the end of Secret History, right? Um, and I think that it is clear that he was not groomed to hold it for long. And so he is not as such able to do that. I don't think he could expend himself in that way. Um, Earmuffs, kid. You should have said that first. Um, <laughs> um, I don't no, know what's yeah. going on. And then uh, the, <laughs> I'm not absorbing any of this. This, anyway. this is why I was like, you might actually be able to sit in the spoiler stream because I don't think you would have any clue about most of it. Um, <laughs> you didn't. But, uh, and then the first, so referencing endowment and, and everything there, yes. Uh, I don't think he could have. What was the first part of the question again? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, physical. I I think it's it's a representation of that power made manifest so that someone can pick it up and run with it, which gets. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is the original body, and so it seems like based on everything that we have so far, these are all of our, you know, the shards of Andal Nauseam. So that makes up our big body of our big capital G God. Um, and I think that picking up, hmm, this gets interesting. Like, I don't think I can talk about it with PJ in the room <laughs> because I want, I want to talk about Warbreaker. I want to talk like I, some of those answers lie, especially in Stormlight. Um, and I think that we have some evidence that when someone picks up a shard in the physical realm, they die effectively. Um, and they lose their actual body. And so I don't know that it's so much remaking their body. Uh, but it, like I said, some evidence, you know, and I, I can't get into specifics. Yeah. Yeah. It could. It could be the dark side. I don't think it is. There's another reason that I don't think it is that I, yeah, yeah, that guy whose name starts with a T. What's your name, by the way? Kobe. Mm-hmm. I think it's ah, theory, absolute crazy off the wall theory. I think it's a more por- pure form of investiture. So I think it would just be raw power to whatever capabilities you have. So I think it would just extend similar to Duralumin, but not, it would be the fuel for it as opposed to the metal of, you know, steel in the case of wax, right? Any metal. Yeah, I think that's kind of what makes sense, right? I'm going to go this way. I'm back. Yeah, no. Ziva. Yes. That's an interesting like overlap of cards and math. Yep. Um, it's been a while since I've sat in a math classroom. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's. I, I now want to dig into that. <laughs> I think they're not that smart. I think they're being manipulated pretty clearly. Um, so I, I, I think it's like, you know, you get a bunch of smart people together and you put the mastermind that's actually behind puppeting everything. And I think that they're like, oh, we've built this organization. We're going to take over the world and we're going to do all these things. And ultimately, even with the end with Suit, you know, it seems as though Trell was never really. Yeah. 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 That's my take. On it. I like math. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That makes more sense. 
I have. He has not. I have not. Yeah. I am strictly. You are open to read the short series and the Yep. We're getting there. We're getting there. Uh, I wanted to ask though, because I took over the at metal thing. What do you think about at metal? If it were burned by Mistborn, do you agree? Do you have a different idea? I mean, I, I think it's entirely possible that it just doesn't do anything. There, there are other metals yeah. that just aren't useful in that way. Okay. Right. Do it a question, and then we'll go over here, and then that's about our time. Yeah, in, in theory, I mean, agreed. That, that, I think, is kind of the danger of at metal to begin with. But I think, theoretically, that's kind of my thought process, right? Is, like, if you could burn it, like, if Wayne is probably the example that we would get, I would imagine, um, I think that it would just fuel his bend alloy so he could run a continuous stream of time bubbles, running, dropping, running, dropping. Um, but I think that's intentional by Harmony because I don't think he probably wants it used in that way. He's intending for it to instead be a power source for technology as opposed to a limitless fuel for Alamancy. And that's a big assumption. I'm, I'm not sure that that's it. I mean, limited because of the size of that metal, but, you know, investiture fuel. Yeah. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's going to be, they, they were dealing with metallurgists in, in the final empire, mm-hmm. right? So that technology is only going to get more and more refined. Um, I think we'll see more alloys being toyed with. I think we'll see more separation like that, I think, as a possibility. Yeah. God medals are interesting where it's like, can it, can it not? Yeah. Yeah, if, if we. Yeah, I, I think about this in the way, parsing this from like an Andal Nazium perspective, there's probably like one supreme god metal to some degree. Um, if you had all of the shards together somehow, and it would probably do something crazy. I don't exactly know. This is a very loose and crazy theory, but I imagine that you couldn't break it into subparts um, as cleanly. Now, is it says it a perfect vessel for both of these powers? Could that be something we interrogate in the near future? And and could he be broken and separated like the shards that he picked up? I think it's more than possible, and I don't think we can write it off entirely. Could it be That's synthesized? No. No. God metals can't be synthesized. I'll for prove reasons. you wrong. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> Go to- I, I think that, yes, yes. I think that that was the, um, gosh, I, it's in one of the episodes. I think that I mentioned the sort of nomenclature. Um, I broke it down the first time that it was mentioned. You did? I don't remember what it is. I could probably Google it in my notes. Um, I forget the words. But yeah, Andal Nasium, of course, uh, is a standard, very similar to the um, uh, Jewish name for God. Very similar. Um, and return, however that works. Uh, and so I, I think that it does break down etymologically into those two chunks. Um, and so it's interesting to think that maybe the god of all of this was just a giant metal cube. <laughs> Final question. Did you have one? Oh, okay. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, cool. Well, that is our time. We ran a little bit. We were actually up to the wire. All right, um, perfect. So, perfect. <laughs> Um, thank you all for coming so much. Uh, we're so glad to have you all in case you didn't know words and whiskey. Um, if you haven't got one, we have stickers and uh, keychains. Come steal one right now or multiple. Thank you. Thank you all so much thank for coming. You. This, this is so been, cool. This has been really fun. Thank you.